Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflection from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Cameron Norris. Hello, Cameron. <laughs> Hello, David. Thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. But before we break open the bread of life, let me invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us to see it where to see, to hear it where to hear, and then put it into action. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. Come into our hearts and minds. Renew our minds with the minds of Christ, creating us a heart of overflowing love and mercy and grace, which comes from Christ and Christ alone. Holy Spirit, we invite you to break open the scriptures for us, that we can see it where to see, to hear it where to hear, and then put those words into actions, that we may enflesh the word as Jesus enfleshed the word in this world, that we may truly be lights that lead to that heavenly banquet with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Cameron, do you mind giving us a little gospel love? I would love to. Again, we're in Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. As Jesus continued his journey to Jerusalem, he traveled through Samaria and Galilee. As he was entering a village, ten lepers met him. They stood at a distance from him and raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. As they were going, they were cleansed. And one of them realized he had been healed, returned, glorifying God in a loud voice, and fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus said in reply, Ten were cleansed, were they not? Where are the other nine? Has none but this foreigner returned to give thanks to God? Then he said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has saved you. The gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. You know, as you started reading, I am reminded that each of us, just like Jesus, we're in a journey. Jesus was on a journey to Jerusalem, knowing that in Jerusalem, he was going to give up his life for the salvation of all humanity's souls, that opportunity for each of us to enter into that eternal banquet with the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. But ladies and gentlemen, each of us on a journey, we're just sojourners here in this world. This is not our true home. Our true home was heaven. So for me, help me to never forget that, that we're on a journey every day to that ultimate, ultimate goal, to be united with Christ, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in heaven eternally. And help me also to not be too busy on my journey to miss the opportunities to help those in need that are spiritually blind, spiritually deaf, that are that are lepers in our time, all bent up and tied up in addictions. Help me to take the time to truly allow the God to work through me, in me, and with me to help them to see, to help them to hear. So, Father, help me to each and every day of my life recognize it's a great adventure with you, and it's for the salvation of souls. Don't let me miss those opportunities, those God moments that you present to me every day. 
to be vessels of your mercy, compassion, and love in a world that's absolutely starving and thirsting for it. Wow, it's beautiful. And and the one, I, I'm thinking about like how powerful is just the story of one story, of one person. Like the idea of one person who has shackles on and the shackles come off and there's freedom and there's salvation and there's healing. That echoes. You think of like the woman at the well. She went into the entire town, just one person whose heart was changed. And you think of it, it, part of the story is like disappointing. Jesus is like, where are the other nine? We also don't know what this one person did. I, I have a feeling that this one person went and told everybody he ever ran into from this day forward, hey, I've, I've met the Savior, I've met Jesus. He, he probably went into the priest and followed through with the instructions that Jesus gave him. And the idea that Jesus gave him the instructions, so this would have been like a Levitical law. This, the priests were the people who could say, yes, this person has leprosy. Yes, this person has been healed of leprosy. They were the ones who were able to put that rubber stamp that, that this is what's been done. And it's kind of funny, too, that law was put in place, but how many times has it been implemented? How many times has a person actually came to the priest and said, hey, I need, your, uh, I need you to go through your Levitical laws. I just ran into a man named Jesus. And it's kind of funny. You have Jesus on his way to Jerusalem. Did he send this guy to give a testimony to one of the priests who would have been one of the ones who would have been voting to put Jesus on the cross? Like the idea of hey, it was just a couple of weeks ago I had, you know, it's like it, it goes so much deeper. We don't know what the story of that one, we don't know what the story of that nine planted or watered seeds in different, in different people's hearts. And you have to think that these priests that would have had possibly a vote in um, putting Jesus on the cross in their hearts thinking, wow, I just got done meeting with a group of people that used to be outside the gates of my city with leprosy, and we did the first time ever Levitical law of sh- proving that they were actually, a miracle took place mm. and they were healed through the power of God. Whoa. Wow. And as you're sharing, I'm thinking, you know what I thank the Lord? That this story, this testimony was written down. This testimony has been shared not millions, not tens of millions, but by billions of people have read this, shared this, lives have been changed. Ladies and gentlemen, I think that's for each and every one of us. When's the last time we wrote our God story down, wow. our divine testimony, our, you know, God moment, heavenly kiss, whatever it is, and shared it with our children, our friends, people on social media, on our Facebook page? Are we embarrassed that we're Christians? We need to share our stories because through this story— People have been saved. I'm going to share a story with you. Cameron and I were, were together the other day, and I said, hey, there's this couple that, that wants to donate their Christmas collection to the National Christmas Center, and they're up in the Star Barn. Let's go up and meet them. Do you mind? He said, no, let's go. So we went up and met them. They were in the Museum of the Star Barn. So Cameron and I went in and met with them, and of course, I came out myself. I started sharing all these God stories about the Star Barn and the fire truck. And you know, as I'm sharing these stories of God's intervention in my life, why we do everything at the Star Barn, Stone Gables Estate, to bring God all honor, glory, and praise— the wife taps the man on the shoulder and says, share your God story. And this man's te- eyes teared up. And he said, he's a two-star general now, but he was a lieutenant colonel in the Vietnamese War. 
and he parachuted into a hilltop to set up an artillery battery. When they got to that hilltop, they ended up getting shelled, so they had to move to another hilltop. Where on that hilltop, the Viet Cong overran them, and they had to run away from their position. He's running through the, the jungles of Vietnam, and bullets are ripping to his right and his left. And as he's running, he had lost weight in Vietnam. His West Point ring flew off his finger. Wanting not to lose, he turned to start to look for it and realized bullets were ripping by him in the elephant grass and through the, the jungles. And he's like, I must have lost it for, for good. And off he ran. Two days later, a soldier came up to him and said, are you Lieutenant Colonel? And gave the man's name. He said, yes, I am. He said, I have something for you. And he reaches his hand over and drops in his hand his ring, which had the inscription of his name in it. And the guy's like, let me tell you my story. He said, I was in the jungle, had my rucksack on, I sat down against a tree with the rucksack on my back, you know, I'm assuming keeping away from all the bullets were flying by him, and I looked down, and I saw this ring. He said, I reached over to pick the ring up, and when I did at that moment, a sniper shot, and the bullet went through my rucksack. Had I not reached over to get your ring, I'd have been shot in the head and killed. So your ring saved my life. That's a God story. Yeah. The ring flew off his finger. It was engraved. The man found it, which is impossible yeah. in the jungles of Vietnam. But when he found it, him finding it and reaching over saved his life. So ladies and gentlemen, we have our God stories. Share them. I was thinking of another one. My little daughter, Emily, she's blind. And we're walking down to her pond one day and she says, Daddy, I'd like to see a painted turtle. Well, she's blind. The only way she can see it is you put it in her hand and she can feel it. And of course, me being the dad that I am, I said, oh, honey, that's impossible. I said, those painted turtles, they swim out into the pond. There's no way daddy can get you one. But I'd really like to see one, daddy. Let's pray. Oh, I said, okay, sweetheart. So we prayed that God would allow her to see a painted turtle. Of course, me being the knucklehead I am, I'm figuring that's never going to happen. So down to the pond we go and all those painted turtles swim out into the pond. And we're walking around the pond. I look down in the in the the uh, underwater grass that's there, and there's a shell of a painted turtle. I said, oh, wow. I reached down, I pick it up here, a little baby painted turtle had gotten stuck in the grass. And when I pulled it out, it was alive. And I got to put it in my daughter's hand, and she got to see it. And as she's feeling and seeing it, she said, you see, Daddy, God answers our prayers. Wow. And I went, oh, my wow. goodness gracious. <laughs> so God used my blind daughter to teach me that from the desires of our hearts, when we pray from the heart to our Father in heaven, he loves and delights in answering those prayers. Wow. It's so powerful. And and this, this scripture, the, this story in scripture, it's only recorded by Luke. So a lot of the different stories and testimonies of Jesus uh, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, a lot of them have overlap. So some of the stories you can see from, from John's perspective of telling the story, or Mark's perspective, or Luke's, or Matthew's, and you can kind of, you know, just see the same story through a different set of eyes, and what you're talking about, sharing the story, we almost missed this one. It was just one person was able to say, you know what? Holy Spirit's inspiring me to tell this story. I'm not going to miss it. And I'm not saying the Holy Spirit inspired and the other ones disobeyed. By no means am I saying that. But it's just that the prompting of one person being obedient to share that story, that one story that nobody else can share or nobody else is being called to share. And thank the Lord, we have Luke being obedient to that prompting to put this story down in writing so that 
thousands of years later, we can sit around this table, break it open, and have, have the Word become life to us, and it can breathe into our spirits. It's just the one person telling that story. Well, you know, when you think about it, so back in the early church, for almost the first 400 years, there was no Bible like we know it. People shared stories. People shared written letters, epistles. People shared gospel, gospel testimonies. That's what they did. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we just stop. Don't get away from that. Our stories have power. They have power to water the seeds of faith. They have power in them through the grace of God to cure the blindness of people who don't see God at work in their life, to cure the spiritually deaf that they can hear the word, hear God speaking to them in their heart. So ladies and gentlemen, share our stories. And there's something else here that I think is, is so profound, and that is this, that when we are allowed to experience a God moment, a God story, each and every day of our life, we need to have hearts of gratitude. Yes. Like little children. And, and and go back to the Father and say, thank you. Glorify God. You know, recognize him as God. He did it. How many people take God for granted? I expect God to do that. In fact, now that I'm a Christian, I'm entitled to these things. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Let me give you a little ditty. So the ditty goes like this. When is a gift no longer a gift? It's when it becomes an expectation. Now it's not a gift. I expect it. God, I expect you to do these good things for me. I expect to get reward. I expect because an expectation then leads to entitlement. Not only do I expect it, but now that I'm a child of God, I'm entitled to it. And then an entitlement leads to a dependency. Now I'm depending on God to do all these things for me because I'm, you know, I've said my yes. And then a dependency leads to anger when the gifting stops. You see, when we lose that heart of gratitude, And we stop thanking God every day for the gift of life this day, the opportunity to serve him. When we we forget about God and take him for granted, then it's no longer a gift. It's just, I expect all this. I'm entitled to this because why? Because I said my yes. I am a Christian. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? The center to pride, S, or center to sin is I, S-I-N. The center to pride is I. P-R-I-D-E, that's not an accident. Ladies and gentlemen, have hearts of gratitude. Thank the Lord every day. Get on the boat of the great adventure with the Father and watch how God will use you to be an instrument in the salvation of souls and tell your story. That's so beautiful. And, And that's exactly what it says here. He came back glorifying God in a loud voice. He fell at the feet of Jesus and he thanked him. The idea of thanking the Lord for the gifts in our lives. Sometimes they're dramatic like this. This is leprosy being cleansed. Sometimes it's, I, I, I think that he loves hearing the words, thank you. Simple things. Thank you that I have breath in my lungs. It's like you're, you're not as thankful for feeling good until you feel bad. It's like when you have a cold, it's like, oh my word, I cannot wait until I feel good and normal or this headache goes away. And then when it goes away, yeah, it's easy to just take for granted that you feel good today. Until you feel bad, you're like, oh man, I can't wait back get, to get back to feeling good. And it reminds me, there was a, my brother challenged me with something years ago. He said, what if you woke up every day and the only things that you had today were the things that you thanked him for before you went to Ooh. bed. Whoa. How's that work? Would you have, yeah, your wife, your friends, your your health, your, your opportunities in front of you, the breath, 
I mean, just the simplest of things. I, I, what father, think of ourselves in the natural as, as earthly fathers, doesn't like hearing the words thank you. It's just that recognition of, oh, you noticed. I, I mean, our kids are young. They don't notice how much we pick up after them. They don't notice us going to the grocery store and making sure they have their favorite foods in the fridge. It, it, part of it, when they're young, yeah, I don't really expect a three-year-old to have that. You know, it's almost like this is just how the world works. But when they recognize it and they say thank you for those things, even the smallest things, it's that I, idea of recognition. And, and not that... You know, I need that, but it's just like, wow, you're thankful. You're grateful for something that I've been going out of my way to do for you, taking myself out of it. I I think our Heavenly Father just loves the idea of, I mean, do we thank Him when we see a beautiful sunset? Just the other night, there was like the sky was purple and pink. Oh, it was gorgeous. So we stopped the car. We got out with the kids, and we just enjoyed it for a little while, and it was so precious. Our youngest, our five-year-old, just says, thank you, God. This is beautiful. This is a masterpiece. And and he's done that before, and it's like, yeah, you're right. You're right. This is just one of those times. Did he do it just for us? I I don't know, but we got to be a part of it. Yes, if we're a part of it, why would we not have gratitude in our hearts? That should be a natural response in the same way. It's like Jesus is saying, weren't 10 of these people healed and one of them came back and said, thank you? Shouldn't that be a natural response in your heart? Yeah. (laughs) You know, I think the nine represent a lot of Christians. God does miracles in their lives. Yeah. Well, it was only one of them that came and said, thank you. And then there's only one of them that Jesus says, stand up and go, your faith has saved you. The others were healed physically, but we don't know whether the other nine were saved. Right. They experienced, because Lord, Lord, quoting that on our lips, knowing scripture front and back, doesn't mean you're good to go. That's right. It's all about our yes. It's a call to action. Yeah. And our actions are fruit. They're actions of love. That's right. Of our yes, our faith. So for me, man, Lord, don't let me ever take you for granted. Help me to recognize the miracles in my life every day and just thank you. Mm-hmm. And today I looked at the grass and I went, oh my goodness, a month ago this was brown and dead. I didn't think it would ever come back. Oh, it's so green right and now. And it's like now it looks like God <laughs> took a paintbrush and painted all new grass. It's green and beautiful. But how many of us drove by and never noticed? Never noticed that the rain brought back this beautiful life in it which is really symbolic of you and I. When we get that living water, mm-hmm. even though we may have gone through a period of dryness, a period of, of, you know, of, of really browning out in our lives, that living water brings life. So, man, help me not to pass by the green grass, but say thank you, Father, for the rain. Thank you, Father, for the beauty of that grass. And, and you know what? Just take in God's beauty in everything around us. And don't forget, tell our stories, share our testimonies. And guess what? Write them down. It's so beautiful. And doesn't the word of God say, many in the, in the end will cry out, Lord, Lord, didn't we, didn't we, didn't we? And he says, get away. I never knew you. Right. So just, just the idea of knowing scripture or being able to quote some things or uh, 
the idea is we just need to have faith in Jesus Christ. We need to have that relationship. And, and this fruit, the fruit is a byproduct of abiding. You, you, right? He gives us the, the vine and the branches, abide in me, I abide in you. Fruit is like a natural outcome when, when the roots are deep, when we're abiding. It's like you don't see a, a branch straining and saying, I need to produce this apple. No, the branch just stays connected to the trunk, stays connected to the roots. As you're staying connected, it's going to be natural that an apple comes out, that the fruit comes out. So in our lives, the more we abide, the more you're going to see in your life the fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, faithfulness. Um, that's going to be a byproduct of abiding the the more that that happens. But I also want to share another thing that stands out to me in this, the 10 lepers, just the idea that people that are healthy and people that are unhealthy, they seem to hang out in groups. And, and, and maybe maybe this had more of a, a natural reason for the 10 lepers to be hanging out together because, I mean, once you have leprosy, that's it. You don't get to hang out with your family anymore. You don't get to socialize with your friends anymore. You're on the outskirts of town and you're out. So what do you do when you're out there? You, you find other people that are cast out too, and you kind of huddle up in groups. It's just kind of funny. You find healthy groups of people, you find unhealthy groups of people. And I think it's worth just taking a look. Who, who, who are the, the 10 people you're hanging out with? Is it healthy? Is it unhealthy? Are those the people you want to you want to be you want to pick up some of the things that you know the kind of people that they are? Do you want to look like their lives look in ten years? I think it's I think every day is a good time to just take a look at your circle, take a look at your group, and say, "Oh wow, I uh, yeah, you know, spiritually speaking, I'm spending too much time with people with leprosy." I, I need to find some people that are willing to speak life to me, are willing to speak correction to me, and I can do the same likewise to them. I, I think it's important to look for healthy people in our lives and assess who we're spending our time, who we're associating with. But yet be open to the 10 lepers that come into our lives. Absolutely. That are addicted to drugs or alcohol or sexual addiction, whatever. Jesus didn't repulse them. He gave them living water. He gave them an opportunity. He gave them a miracle. So for me, God used me in all those situations. And I'm, I'm thinking of about Hurricane Ian that had just happened uh, in our past. And on Monday, I was in prayer, and we have a home that's right on Manasota Key on the beach in the dunes. And the, the hurricane was bearing down, almost going to be a direct hit, a little north of us in Tampa. And so as I'm praying, I'm praying for, the, for people's lives to be spared, you know, and, and that was my main prayer. But I did at the end of the prayer say, Lord, if it's possible, give the hurricane a little nudge that it doesn't take out the home. Because for us, my wife and I, it's our sanctuary. It's where we go to heal, to recover, to get renewal, refreshment with the Lord. You know, it's consecrated to the Lord. The home is. I said, if it's possible, just give the storm a little nudge. The next morning, I get up and I'm watching the weather on the Weather Channel. And the newscaster says, the storm took a little nudge last night, and <laughs> it moved down, and now it's going to be a direct hit over top of my home is the eye of the storm on Manasota Key of the hurricane, but it took a little nudge nudge down 
further south. Still not knowing what that meant, that on Wednesday I came to realize that because the eye of the storm went right over our home, the east wind pushed all the water away from our home. There was no beach erosion. The home wasn't destroyed. Not one drop of water got into the home, and the home was 100% perfectly protected. And it was like a miracle. I was like, thank you, Lord, for doing that. Thank you, Lord. And then God brought other people to our, our lives that they weren't as fortunate. And so we were able to help a young lady who lost her roof and get that taken care of. So we've got to be always open to do that. But then there was even another message in that, because on Monday, my friend had received a message from the Lord for my wife, but he was afraid to send it right away because the storm was bearing down. He knew on our home. So here's what he said. Tyranny, I've been holding this word back for fear that it may not be of God, but here it is nevertheless, as the storm of Ian will not destroy your home, so neither shall the storms that rage upon the house of David, my servant, prevail. And what he means is the spiritual attack that has happened against our company, DAS, and the Stone Gables estate that's been going on since April has been pretty unbelievable, but we're watching the God be victorious. But it's amazing. He got this on Monday. My wife got this on Wednesday morning, having no idea what happened to our home, yet God sent a message that just as that storm won't destroy that home, it also won't destroy the company God's entrusted us with or the Stone Gables estate or anything. So a message of hope from the Lord. We need to have ears to hear, eyes to see, and then tell our stories. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And one of the stories I love about that, it takes a risk for that person to send that text message. <laughs> Right? Yes. But are we willing to take that risk? Hey, hey, Lord, like, I, you know, I, I might be missing this. I really feel like you want me to encourage somebody. Uh, I'm just going to do this to be obedient to you. I, I might be missing this. I might not. But I think sometimes faith and love, it, it, you spell it R-I-S-K. Yeah. And as you were sharing earlier... I'm thinking of my son, Zach. He turned 19 years old. And I'm going to tell you what, as a father, I've watched this young man grow, mature, unbelievably. And when he says to me, thank you, Father. Thank you, Dad. Thank you for doing that for me. Wow. And when he says to me, Dad, I'm sorry, which happens Sunday. Dad, I'm sorry. Please wow. forgive me. I won't let it happen again. As a father, those are priceless words. As a father, that shows me growth in his maturity, just like our Heavenly Father. We're all his precious sons and daughters. Let us never forget that. Always get back to the Father. Include him on everything, from the bedrooms to the boardroom. Include him in everything, because this life is a great adventure. This life is an opportunity to be used by God in through him with his son, Jesus Christ, to be an instrument of salvation in all humanity's story. God bless each and every one of you. Be lights in the world. Amen. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. 
If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.